Welcome to the world of witchcraft, to the world of magic. According to the scholars, it means communicating with unseen forces and putting them to work. Radio Free Satan presents Confessions of a Wicked Witch with our own Magistrate Ukraine. And welcome to Confessions of a Wicked Witch. My name is Magistrate Ukraine, and this is my podcast, Confessions of a Wicked Witch, on Radio Free Satan. We are continuing the year of sin, and I've made it in just under the gun. This was supposed to be available in May, and it is currently May 31st, so it won't be available in May, and you'll get two of me in June. So just think, hey, June rocks. It is the year of sin. And today we will be discussing the wonderful sixth of the seven deadly sins. It is envy, also known as jealousy in certain texts. And we'll also be looking at number five on the Satanic Sins Hit Parade, which is the sin of herd mentalism. And I put these two together quite intentionally. I think that they go together hand in hand. And if you want a real surprise, you'll find that I don't actually object to labeling envy and jealousy. Well, it's certainly not a deadly sin or most of us would be, you know, decomposing. But a sin nonetheless, because it doesn't help you unless you fuel it into creation. But we'll get back to that again. Welcome to the Year of Sin. This is Magistry Grain on Confessions of a Wicked Witch on Radio Free Satan. And I'll be right back. In 1966, Anton LaVey created the Church of Satan marking the beginning of the Age of Fire and Year One Anno Satanus. In 1969, he published The Satanic Bible, codifying Satanism as a religion, the first time it's been done in human history. In the name of Satan, ruler of the earth, king of hell, come forth from the pit, bestow the blessings of hell upon us. For we are your children, and we invoke thee this night. In 2001, I was appointed High Priest of the Church of Satan. In 2007, I published the Satanic Scriptures, further defining and expanding on Satanic philosophy and greater magic ritual. Hail Satan, full of might! Our allegiance is with thee! Cursed are they! The God adorers! Cursed are the worshippers of the Nazarene eunuch. For the past 50 years, the Church of Satan has stood as the sole organization to define and defend Satanism as a religion. And though pretenders to the infernal throne have come and gone, we have stood the test of time and will into the future. Visit churchofsatan.com for more information and read the Satanic Bible and the Satanic Scriptures. Knowledge 
is the solution for ignorance. Hail Satan! Attention iTunes users, if you like this show and other programs from Radio Free Satan, then please take a moment to look us up on iTunes to rate and comment on the program. You can also do the same on Stitcher.com. Look up this program on Stitcher.com, rate it, and give us a review. And that's if you like the show, of course, you know, that you want to give it five stars and a good review, not, you know, give it one star and say a bunch of mean things. But hey, if you want to do that, then I'm sure there are a bunch of Christian podcasts on iTunes that you could do that on. Anyway, thank you for your support of RadioFreeSatan.com, and now back to the program. Welcome back. This is Magistrate Rain on Confessions of a Wicked Witch on Radio Free Satan, and it is my year of sin, where I discuss various concepts regarding sins, both deadly and satanic. And it might shock you to know that there's quite a bit of uh, turnover and um, integration, but it really shouldn't. Um, We like to give Christianity a degree of credit for, frankly, stating the obvious in what's good and what is bad, and somehow apply to them some sort of moral authority over things that are actually just basic human nature. I don't really think anybody needed a book or um, an imaginary uh, sky daddy or sky mommy or earth mommy or anybody to tell adults not to do bad things. We seem to have an inherent knowledge of what will affect us negatively in a social situation. And as we are social animals, those things have been absolutely programmed in us as we evolved from um, the other primates. Um, So I was looking at Dante's Purgatorio. Doesn't that sound better than Inferno? Inferno almost sounds like somebody from the Bronx, right? You know, Dante's Inferno. But you say Dante's Purgatorio. And like, sexy as fuck, isn't it? Anyway, so I was rereading Dante for this and have been all year because it's not exactly a page turner. And um, it's weird. Uh, They see it as what they call Terrace 2 in the Cantos. Um, Jealousy and envy are mixed completely to them. And I'm not sure I disagree. I generally would put jealousy as a more personal, usually involving being jealous of the people in other people's lives or um, a specific situation. Whereas envy can be applied to anything from material to spiritual to emotional. Um, But apparently this thing that has driven the engine of creation, which is, gee, he has it, gee, I want it, what am I going to do to get it, which is a hallmark of humanity, is actually sinful. What a shock. We again have found that the Catholic Church and Christianity in general has found something natural to be sinful. I mean, if it wasn't, how would you run there, confess, tithe, etc., hoping to go to either heaven or someplace that's not quite hell? It's actually brilliant marketing, and I like to give credit where credit is due. Um, So what I did just this morning was look and see. I actually just asked the question, what makes you envious? And I'm going to read some really good uh, responses. Okay, here's my favorite, and it's from my friend who 
favorite thing to do in the entire world is to be a contrarian to anything I say. Apparently getting me riled up and pissed off. And then just when I'm about to like explode and probably rip out hearts, he then just looks at me. Oh, I was just kind of kidding. Yes, that's my friend Greg. I love him very much. Sometimes I wish he would die. Anyway, want to know what makes Greg envious? Squirrels. They always seem to have such a clear sense of who they are and what they are about and exude such an obvious joy as they bounce about doing their thing. We could learn a lot from the simple creatures that surround us unnoticed. I could not agree more. I can be jealous or envious of somebody's frock or somebody's trip. That's usually the one that gets me, seeing people in places that I want to go to. That's major, major, major jealousy fuel. But also the envy then turns into something to pursue, moving forward, improving my life. Another friend who I'm guessing has diabetes or some other problem says someone with a healthy pancreas. Yes, the grass is always greener and not just for trivial reasons, often for real serious ones. People who can speak extemporaneously and effortlessly about a topic and hold the room's attention. I've always admired that ability. More grass is greener stuff. Uh, The person who said that is one of the smartest people I've known. And when I sit near him and just watch him, I I can't believe that he doesn't identify himself in that particular uh, venue. He he is that person. Here's a good one. It used to be people who have enough spare time to just do what they enjoy. Now that I have that, I need to find something else. I find that amazingly telling. What happens when the grass is just as green on your side? How do you fuel your engine so that you continue to create and move forward? Envy, jealousy, what's out there that you don't have that you want? Um, Absolutely brilliant. Um, Let's see. Uh, here's a good one. Now, the person who wrote this is a friend of mine who is so not a Satanist, but she got high fives all around from Satanists. Skinny bitches that can eat whatever they want and not gain weight. Yeah. Amen. Hallelujah. Whatever. Don't I wish. Here's one that's absolutely just sad. I have, for the most part, gotten over it. But people with not shit parents... I realized years ago that I treated people with good families different. Think us versus them mentality. They didn't choose to have good parents. I find that heartbreaking that you would almost build a resentment because you so identify with that which you do not have. And I think that's really the heart of envy. Now, I happen to think St. Thomas Aquinas was a cocksucker of epic proportions. Um, But I think when it comes to envy, his definition, sorrow for another's good, is actually a very poignant and apropos definition of envy and jealousy. Um, Envy has to be an engine. It has to be either that or a stop sign. I'm thinking too much about this. This is not something I need. It will not enhance my life. Or this is something that other person has that I will not feel complete unless I have. Why it's a deadly sin when it's so obviously part and parcel. But then again, that's the nature of all the deadly sins, right? They're in all of us. It's, you know, it's the most convenient shit in the world to oppose something 
that you know will always have a, a presence in humanity, right? You know, I mean, you can't go wrong if you label as they have, you know, fucking a sin. You do that, you know, people are fucking or there wouldn't be people. So therefore, you've got lock, stock, and barrel, a nice little market cornered on trying to prevent people from realizing this shit is natural. Evaluate it. Think about it. Who are you? What do you want? And if that's deadly, if that will relegate you to one of the levels of hell, which of course is not biblical, it's strictly literary. And of course it's not literal anyway, because there is no hell. I understand there's quite a lot of magma, but that's pretty much it. Um, I think if we don't see and use what the traditionalists have identified as deadly sins, and we don't investigate them in a sociological and psychological manner, we're actually losing something. The fact that an institution with that much power for that long has identified these particular traits of humanity as deadly sins, if anything, it should make us embrace them, if not to act on them, to analyze them and their part in our lives. Again, I can be jealous of people's trips. And now some of those things that made me jealous have me planning to go see those places. I'm not going to be left out. That's on me. That's using that envy and jealousy to improve my own existence. And I honestly think that's what Christianity was afraid of. We're going to tell you you're going to hell for having these thoughts. Because if we don't tell you that, you won't need us. You won't need to come and get on your knees and apologize for the most natural things on earth. You won't need to tithe. You won't need to kowtow. You won't need to curry favor. You must identify these natural things as horrible. Or else we are no longer the intercessors between you and God. I think that's dirty pool. Anyway, I'll be back in a minute. I'm going to read you some more of the things that make Satanists and others envious. And then we're going to go into herd mentalism, which, I might add before we go, has now become a watchword, uh, what do they call it, a dog whistle for a lot of the alt-right. And I'm going to tell you why that's a mistake and why herd mentalism affects all of us, no matter how unique we think we are. Again, Magistrate Green, Confessions of a Wicked Witch on Radio Free Satan. I'll be right back. I'm in heaven, and I'm on my cloud, and I've got like a 106-inch flat-screen HD TV, and I, you know, I'm playing PS, I don't know, 6? Woo! Oh, man. But then on the cloud next to me, literally, this cloud over here is this dirty Dickensian street urchin, you know, and he's just sitting there with a, that little cup and the ball on the string. Like, Oi, hello, Gov. What's that then there? What, what you got? Oh, this? Oh, dude, sorry. Uh, no, you're not allowed to see it. It's too, uh, it's too much of a leap technology. It would just, your head would explode. You know, I'm sorry. It's, uh, you're not allowed. It would be like uh, being a Scientologist and learning what OT level eight was before you paid your $200,000 to learn the first seven OT levels. Like, This is Reverend Bill M., and that little bit of comedic blasphemy was brought to you by The Devil's Mischief, comedy that's not made for the masses. 
Listen to the show The Devil's Mischief on RadioFreeSatan.com. Take a trip back to the 1980s with me, Warlock Jeff Ivins, on the Metro Radio Free Satan show, highlighting the new wave and other hits from the indulgent decade, only on RadioFreeSatan.com. Welcome back to Confessions of a Wicked Witch. I am Magistrate Crane from the Church of Satan, and we are on Radio Free Satan. Um, we are doing our Year of Sin, and I'm continuing along with the deadly sin of envy and the satanic sin of herd mentalism. Before we get back to uh, the satanic sins, I just again want to share some of these uh, things that make people envious. And I want to point out the best answer I've seen so far um, did not come from a Satanist. Um, my friend wrote when asked what makes you envious, absolutely nothing. Now, I'll be honest, I'm not sure I believe her. <laughs> I, I'm not sure I would believe anybody who told me there is absolutely nothing they envy or are jealous about. Again, I believe this is part of our evolution, part of our programming, an engine for change. But that that was her initial response shows an absolutely wonderful case of self-esteem. And I am very proud to know people like that and even more relieved to know that there are people like that who aren't Satanists, who understand the world and are just cool. You don't have to be one of us to get along with one of us, you know? I find it rarer and rarer, mind you, but nonetheless. Um, And that thought is reproduced by another member who wrote, If I am jealous, I use that energy to obtain what I'm envious of rather than tear down the other person. If I can't have it, I stop wanting it. Well, that's mentally healthy. And again, (laughs) perhaps it's the New Yorker cynic in me who has to be dubious of anybody's all that mentally healthy. Or maybe it's just because I'm fucking nuts. One never knows. As I said, things that make me envious and jealous are usually experiences. I mean... I might really like some bitch's shoes, but for the fraction of a second where I think I want that, it goes away. Um, On the other hand, when I watch pictures from somebody's vacation to someplace really cool, I can go months mentally and even just kind of tentatively creating a trip there, seeing how much the plane would cost. The envy becomes a fact-finding mission so that I can do that too. And generally at that point, there's a cost effectiveness kind of weighing out to determine if this is worthy of my, you know, bucket list dreams. But I appreciate that. More than that, I appreciate those who have shared that with me out of sharing. The worst is people who are extremely fortunate or have worked really hard, or in any number of manners, have presented what they have or what they are with the intention of provoking jealousy. And here's where I'm going to go into herd mentalism. I give you, and if I could, I'd blow them off the face of the earth, and all their ilk, the Kardashians. The Kardashians exist for one reason. Our self-esteem is shit. 
Our self-esteem is shit because of people like the Kardashians. You'll notice a circular, cyclical uh, sort of thing going on here. We have been taught as a consumer-based society that we are what we have. Now, you would think a completely non-spiritual religion like Satanism wouldn't have a problem with that. We are carnal. We are materialistic. We are in the here and now. Yet, I think most Satanists I know, and certainly I'm speaking for myself, reject that notion. Absolutely reject it. I am not what I have, nor am I exclusively what I do. But I am certainly not less me because I have less or more me because I have more. I am me. I am my brain. I am my actions. I am not how much I've been manipulated by merchandising and marketing and some sort of notion of what is the epitome of luxury and style. When I look at it, all I see is shallow, vapid, ugly, horrible people who literally, I, you know what, (laughs) in terms of herd mentalism, the fact that the world knows these people and longs to be like them is infinitely more scary to me than the various political movements going on. Frankly, politics are solved, you know, either by voting or in worst case scenario, revolution. I can see that people who care will work at that. But nobody seems to give a flying fuck that we're raising generation after generation of children to only be happy if they can buy a lot of shit worn by somebody else. It's it, We joked in the you know, 80s and 90s about the sneakers causing fights in schools. We've argued about... Um, We've seen that, you know, the keeping up with the Joneses is nothing new. But herd mentalism, well, first of all, you have to have a herd in which to join the herd. Why is herd mentalism a satanic sin? Well, think it through. Aside from just being boring as all fuck, how can you possibly be you if you're trying to be somebody else? You can't be your best you if you're working at being a second-rate somebody who's already second-rate. It's just counterproductive. You know what? I have a friend from high school. um, He was like the football guy, and he was really cute, and he was good-looking. And I thought he was just, frankly, a little rich white boy, privileged and a piece of shit. And I would ridicule him and be shitty to him. Um, You know, (laughs) flash-forward... two, three, four decades. Jesus fucking Christ. Um, Fast forward. And he lives in a cabin in the woods. Not like, you know, a la Unabomber or anything. No, it's a really nice, really nice cabin. Um, It's a house that's built with wood. Cabin, my ass. Um, And he posts the most amazing, beautiful pictures of nature. They show a depth that I never in a million years would have presupposed when on a good-looking white boy who played football. I'm guilty of herd mentalism because when I was younger, I assumed all jocks were vapid, stupid, you know, just going along with the program, you know. We get, you know, a nice middle management job and blah, blah, blah. I had no right to think of people that way. No right whatsoever. 
Um, and he's turned out to be a fascinating man. Now, I don't know if it was those decades in between, if life happened. I don't know if I was the schmuck who never gave him the benefit of the doubt. I do know that I found a stereotype. And instead of thinking things through, I just went with the stereotype. That's herd mentalism of the worst kind. You have no idea what you're missing. The other bit of herd mentalism that I was discussing earlier revolves around envy. And it has to do with, I hate reality TV. I'm sure I've mentioned this more than once. I think reality TV is just, its I don't even begin to understand it. I don't know why watching somebody else make a fucking ass of themselves or have a really good time, why watching reality is better than living it. If I want reality, I'll step out my front door. If I want to know about the lives of people in basketball, I'll go to a basketball game and worm my way in. If I want to know about rich, boring, moronic people with power, I guess I'll watch the Kardashians, but I have to ask myself why. And I hear women, oh, I don't really like them. I just want, I like the clothes. What, they stopped selling Vogue? I mean, what's the fucking problem? Well, not like any of them would wear anything in Vogue. Um, See, just a little bit of snobbism left. Just a little bit of elitism left. Um, These are tacky people. I mean, their sister's fucking their, you know, sister's boyfriend in horror shows. And I mean, it's all Maury Povich in LaCroix heels. And it's just ridiculous. And yet... Generations of girls are looking at that like that's the epitome of what it means to be female. Herd mentalism allows us to pick a team. It allows us to root for somebody and somehow feel that we are involved when it has nothing to do with us. It takes us away from minding our own business, a truly important part of life. If we identify herd mentalism as a satanic sin, we're going to have to identify envy and jealousy as part and parcel of them, which means under the heading of a broken clock gets right twice a day, every so often the Christians get it right. Who the fuck knew? I'll be back. This is Magistry Grain on Radio Free Satan. Confessions of a Wicked Witch. It is the year of sin. Hey, buddy, what's happening? Yeah, I'm hosting a show called Furious Sound, all punk and hardcore. What? People still listen to it? It's on RadioFreeSatan.com. Radio Free Satan. Ah, just read the FAQ. This is Citizen Matt. Ease your frustrations by tuning into Furious Sound. Hardcore Punk on Radio Free Satan. I'm Clint Mephisto. I got a PBR on one hand, a microphone on the other. That's right, cowboys, cowgirls, psychos, cool cats, and kitties. It's the world-famous shit-kicking road show here on Radio Free Goddamn Satan. The shit-kicking road show, the finest in rockabilly, psychobilly, vintage country, swamp rock, surf rock, doo-wop, 
Shit Kick and Road Show, Radio Free Satan. And I'm back. This is Magistry Grain on Confessions of a Wicked Witch on Radio Free Satan. Um, before I go any farther, um, I want to thank Wesley, who, under the heading of What Makes You Envious, threw at me the pithy people who regularly engage in anal sex. Well, thank you, Wesley. Um, I hate to break it to you, but I'm guessing the vast majority of homosexual males are thrilled to have your envy. Anyway, um, we were discussing herd mentalism. In politics, what we see, at least right now, is an absolute digging into the team mentality. And that's definitely a facet of herd mentalism. Sometimes it's identified as tribalism, but I don't really like that. Um, And I'll tell you why. We've been looking for a word um, that explains this thing, we call it this thing of ours. The Church of Satan, um, the people have been around a while, not wanting to call it, you know, a team, a family, a community. All those things are kind of anathema to our sensibilities, and, and it makes things difficult. So we very often will say the pack or the tribe. Um, and yet, I've never seen a pack or a tribe so willing to look at one of its members and say, sorry, bro, you're wrong. And if you continue being wrong, you're gone. The real danger with herd mentalism is you lock yourself into a paradigm. And when somebody violates that paradigm, instead of either questioning the paradigm in the first place or questioning the actions, you throw in around the perpetrator. This is the exact thing we've seen with the Catholic Church and their sexual abuse scandal. They are the Catholic Church, and members will continue to tie, and people will continue. It is my church, right or wrong. Fuck those victims. Fuck them right in the eye. And may they suffer for the rest of their days for having the balls to stand up. And, hey, that's a man of God. And a man of God gets forgiven. That is the worst of herd mentalism. And I fear that so many of us in a need to be part of something, to feel like we are connected, fall for that my thing, right or wrong. One of the things I've loved since first being introduced to the Church of Satan is this real straightforward, these are the rules, these are the tenets of our religion. If you can't follow them, then you're not one of us. It has to be natural. Nobody slaps you around and says, you suck. It's just a question of, do you fit into this naturally and easily? If you don't, no harm, no foul. Keep it moving. Um, It makes it very easy then to question, oh, so you're a herd unto yourself, right? Everybody feels this way or thinks this way. The rules are serious, but they're all designed to embrace the individual so that the individual has the freedom to be an individual. Um, anybody who has read the satanic sins and is not some sort of, you know, Abrahamic nutbag will nod their head 
and say, hey, that's really cool. You know, I agree with that. I agree with that. I agree with that. When you read the seven deadly sins, on the other hand, it's rather scary. Gluttony, really? Do you know what I did last night? (laughs) Okay, so um, we have a new karaoke show that we do on Thursday nights at a wonderful little place called the Best of British Cafe. And, you know, around here we have a lot of British people who have either come here to retire or spend their summers here. I mean, a lot of British people. Like, you can find bangers more than you can find sausage amount of British people. But, uh, and they're cool as hell. Anyway, so we go in and they have an entire wall of British goods that they sell for retail. Well, the majority of that wall is Cadbury chocolates. Oh my God. Oh my God. I spent three weeks every Thursday jealously, enviously wanting that chocolate really bad. Um, so I was, and I bought five bars. <laughs> I went to gym and said, I want money for chocolate now. Right in the middle of this job, I didn't care. <laughs> Please, I must have flake. If you've never had Cadbury flake bars, you have no clue what you're missing. Um, and they also had Turkish delight. Now, since I was a little girl and I read the Chronicles of Narnia, I have jealously, enviously wanted to try Turkish Delight, right? I mean, it's a huge thing in the books. And again, hate reality TV, but give me a fantasy and I'm off and running. And so a British friend of mine came up and he was like, this is the best thing you'll ever eat. Absolutely adore it. Oh, it's got jelly in it and chocolate in your de- Oh my God, you'll love it. And then I went to go pay for it. And the nice man behind the counter said, yeah. If you like to eat unflavored gelatin after being kissed by your grandmother after she just put on her perfume. These were rather divergent ends of the taste spectrum. I was not at all sure what to expect. But my human nature, my curiosity, and there was no way out. I didn't care if it was gluttonous. I didn't care if my ass got even more enormous than it currently is. I did not care, did not care. I wanted that. And I had that. I had a new experience. And by the way, I really liked it. And fuck you and your grandma. I don't know what your grandmother's brain on her, but you know what? It's pretty good to me. The point is this. I lingered with a jealous moment because it's a natural part of humanity labeled as sin for no other reason than to keep the rubes coming in, paying, keeping the institution going. I rejected the groupings decision. I rejected the guy who told me it was wonderful. I rejected the guy who told me it sucked and decided that I would try it on my own. I did not take the herd or even either herd because there were people on both sides. We can do this, people. You don't have to go along lock, step, lock. And equally, you don't get to label yourself some sort of interesting rebel just because you automatically dismiss thought. Compose a thought. The other day, um, there was an article about uh, some people who had done the GoFundMe to raise money to create their own border wall, got the money together and started erecting walls on their private land. Now, 
Yes, they were dumb fucks and neglected to get a permit. You can't build shit anywhere without a permit. Okay, I'm sorry. Apparently, that's just up there with death and taxes. You need a fucking permit. That said, immediately, the left is screaming, Oh my God, they're building a wall! And the right is screaming, Oh my God, they're trying to stop them from building a wall! I refuse to look at things that broadly. I don't want to be a part of either one of those herds. Not if their immediate reaction has absolutely nothing to do with thinking. Here's the thinking. Although I am against the government building the huge border wall, what people do on their own land is none of my fucking business. And if all it takes is a permit, which anybody would do, get off your lazy ass and stop crying victim and go get a fucking permit. Oh, look, a third side approach. I can't imagine where anyone would get that idea. I'm going to keep sinning. I don't know about you guys. Um, I really am. And I'm going to keep calling people out when I can, when I see them doing lockstep fuck. These are scary times. I, I don't think our younger listeners have a clue. I know that I've always believed it's bullshit when older people say things back when I was a kid, things were whatever, so much better. I think every generation creates their own shit and the previous generation doesn't understand it. And that's just the way it is. And we're all standing on lawns telling people to get off them. Okay. That's part of aging because we're uncomfortable with change. It's really that simple. It's not that we're, you know, so against whatever the change is, it's the change itself that seems to elicit the most freak out responses. We are jealous and envious of a life that in retrospect seemed better and simpler, probably because somebody else was taking care of us then. We fall into the trap of herd mentalism when we are so frightened that we immediately pick a side and do or die, I'm going to stay here. But we're Satanists, and we know better. We look at an issue, we look at a thing, we look at anything differently from other people. We always have, and that's why we're who we are. Media, however, has made the exposure to all other things so vast, so all-encompassing, that it is virtually impossible not to be affected by it. I mean, I can be a rube like anyone. I go on binge. I, I go on rube binges, right? I go on rube binges. Um, I spent like a three-year rube binge on expensive bags. I look at them now, half of them, I'm like, did I like that? What, why do I need 65 designer bags? I don't have 65 arms. Um, I do it. Everyone does it. But again... Use it as an engine for change. And as far as herd mentalism, the wonderful quote, of course, that I I don't want to belong to any club that would have me as a member, if not a real thing, should make you investigate any group, party, organization, church, club, social friends group, regular meeting bullshit. Ask yourself. Are they demanding things that aren't natural for you to give? Or are you being manipulated by bright, shiny colors? You have to. If you can't be honest with yourself, you're not honest to anybody. It is one of life's great truisms. You cannot be counted on. You can't count on yourself. You have to be. The only thing 
that I've learned in this life that has had any real validity is the constant self-gut check. And when it comes down to the deadly sin of envy or the satanic sin of herd mentalism, nothing short of a power gut check will do. I look forward to talking more to you real soon. This is Magistrate Crane on Confessions of the Wicked Witch, and this is the Year of Sin. Have a wonderful month. But that's enough for now of modern witches who ride to sabbats in automobiles instead of astride the traditional broomstick. Suffice it to know that magic is real, everywhere, unseen, unfathomable. You have been listening to Confessions of a Wicked Witch with Magistrate Grain on Radio Free Satan. Also follow Magistrate Grain on Facebook at facebook.com slash egrangee and at RadioFreeSatan.com.